Oleku was like an earthquake, man. Like it just came and it was a very unexpected record. Nobody, you know, nobody expected it to do what it did. I didn't either. Like I didn't expect it to be as as received as it was. That's how I see it these days. Like you are your only challenge, really and truly. Like you can do whatever you want to do. I just watched my boys win the Grammy Award like a few days ago. You know, like I literally came up with this guy. So I feel like there's nothing impossible. I don't even like to look at any anything like a challenge or there's no challenge in life. The only thing that can challenge you is you yourself. French booked the studio session in New York brought me out to Manhattan and we recorded at the Diddy house. I'm DJ Semtex, this is the Hip Hop Raise Me podcast. Right now I'm with the legend, the man himself, the pioneer, Ice Prince. What's going on, man? Booyay! Respect, Semtex, <laughs> DJ Semtex. You already know Ice Prince Amani. Love from Nigeria, West Africa. Big love, big love. Thanks for having me. No, no, no. Yo, it's a great time right now. Like, it's an amazing time. And, you know, before we get started, can, can you let people know exactly where you're from? Like, where, where you originate from? Um, I originate from a city called Jos. Um, it's in a state called Plateau State, Nigeria. It's in the Middle Belt area of Nigeria. And, yeah, that's where my mom and my dad are from. I grew up around there. But, yeah, obviously I live in Lagos now, but I grew up in the northern part of Nigeria, where I come from. Okay. How, how would you describe yourself as an artist? Because you, you do a lot of different things. It's like, would you say you're an Afrobeats artist or would you say you're a rap artist? Like... <laughs> I definitely represent Afrobeats, man, because that's, that's the name that, you know, that represents the music that my generation is making. Afrobeats with the S at the end. So I'm an <laughs> Afrobeats hip-hop artist. <laughs> right. That's dope. How, how did you first get introduced to rap? Like, what was your first experience with hip-hop? I think my introduction to hip hop started with like Tupac. Um, I grew up listening to a lot of Tupac. And when I got into like high school in my first my first year, I got into like social nights in school like a lot. I got into miming, you know, popular hip hop song. I used to mime a lot of like JT Money. I used to mime a lot of Nas. I used to mime a lot of DMX. And it got to a point where um, I just, instead of miming the actual songs, I would get their beats and try to write my own raps to it and perform at the social nights, you know, but this dates back to around 1999, you know, that was like my first experience with studio and all that kind of stuff. And a few years later, I joined the choir, my church, you know, and I just made, took my music a little bit up higher. What's the key two-pack track? Like the soundtrack to your life? What's the one joint that does it for you? Man, I think, I think it's until the end of time. One of the ones that I really, really played a lot, you know, but my favorite Tupac song, my favorite song of all time is actually Dear Mama. And yeah. Yeah, that that, that means something to you. I, I saw your tweet earlier, like the post for like Mother's Day, like recently. So it's like, what was it that resonated with you with that track? Um... I mean, everybody definitely, I mean, most people love their moms, just like me. Yeah, obviously. And, yeah. You know, um, I lost my dad at a very early age. My dad passed away when I was, you know, in my adolescence and stuff. And all I had was my mom. And to be honest, that lyric in that song, every lyric in that song represented what my mom was to me. So 
that song that song was like an anthem to me it was like uh it resonated to me 100 percent. you know yeah mama like tupac so so when when you were saying like you was miming and stuff like and you know like dmx and Nas and stuff like that it's like yeah what what was it like growing up at that point and, and you're seeing like you're in africa you're seeing all of this stuff on um you know you're hearing all of this music or you're seeing all of this music like what was that like? Like, what was that kind of impact on, like, what you were doing growing up? <laughs> it was like, what the hell is this? You know, it was just, like, something that I wanted to... I saw those guys as people I wanted to be like, you know? Uh, and it wasn't just about the swag, but the music, actually, and the content of the music, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was all the way in Joss, Nigeria, and hearing somebody tell me about his struggles in Brooklyn, in New York, or... Even, even in the UK, like, man, listening to, like, Dizzy Rascal talk that talk about the British, you know, man life, all that stuff, I, I felt inside of me that it would be cool or it would be nice for me to be able to write my own story as well or talk about where I come from as well and talk about the kind of things that we do where I come from, you know? That was how I felt back in the day listening to those hip-hop tracks. I just wanted to be like them. I wanted to be able to write those stories as well. And I really grew up loving poetry as well. I grew up you know, loving poems and literature and stuff like that. So I always wanted to write, you know, I always wanted to write. That's dope, man. So like, you know, what you're saying yeah. about the choir, poetry, you know, and then, and then hip hop comes into play. Like, when was it like you started like writing your own lyrics? Because, you know, the miming thing, yeah, everyone's doing that. But like to take it up yeah. a level, like that next step to actually like write, write your own raps and believe in that. Say it, literally saying it with your chest. What was the point yeah. when you started doing that? I think it was when I got into like senior high school. So out here we call it like, you know, it's like six years in like secondary school, right? So from the first year to the third year is called junior high and the third year to the six, to the, to the last six years called senior high. So I think it was in my senior high, you know, I didn't want to, I, that's when I started actually trying to download this American hip hop artist beats and trying to write my own lyrics to it. You know, I just felt like I was, I was, I had mine, their own lyrics for too long. I wanted to start writing my own stuff, you know? I don't even know what inspired that to you. I can't remember, but I just wanted to start writing my own kind of raps to whatever beats I could get my hand on at the time. And, you know, from then on, it just got better and better and better and better. And I got more love and love and love. I was killing it in almost every school that I went to perform at the time, you know? So it gave me a lot of energy, gave me a lot of boost to, you know, believe in myself and do more. All right, so, so when did Ice Prince officially arrive? <laughs> I would say Ice Prince arrived in about 2010. That was when my first official single actually came out. I was only cool. You know, that's my first official single. It came out in 2010. So I could literally say I was in the studio for about 11 years before I got a break. Oh, for real? Yeah, from 1999, when I started making music, like I said, I've been in the studio since then. Till I was a studio rat till 2010 when I actually got my own song and got my own attention and I started getting on the road and stuff like that. You was patiently waiting. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, but, I mean, but that, I've always that's... had patience and I still do have yeah. I still do have that virtue in me. Like I'm a very patient person. I don't rush life. I believe, you know, direction is more important than speed. So I'm always ready to take my time. All right, for people who may not know, and and we're talking right now, and I know 
it's a lot of questions. But I need the detail, bro. I need to be able to like <laughs> tell your story and talk to me, big dog. I'm all yours. <laughs> so, so Oleku for people who may not yeah. know, that was the break, breakout track, and and yes, he, that was with Brimo, right? Yes, featuring Brimo. Yeah, that was okay. my first breakout record. But it wasn't just breaking out in in Nigeria. That was like that was going off worldwide, right? Because people was playing that out here in the UK as well. Yeah, man. Like Oleku was like an earthquake man like it just came and it was a very unexpected record nobody you know nobody expected it to do what it did i didn't either like i didn't expect it to be as as received as it was you know but it was definitely a smash like maybe i can't speak for the rest of the world but in africa all over africa man only cool was like until today you know it still resonates as 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 a song that that played its part, you know, to the culture, to the, you know, some people call it a classic, some people call it timeless, whatever they want to call it. I just think it's one of those songs that is, it was necessary for its time, you know? Mm. Like I said at the beginning, you're one of the first that came out from, from Nigeria, you're one of the first artists that, that came out and broke, like, overseas and made that impact and let people know that there's a scene going on over there. But what, yeah. how did that feel like when, when that first track, popped off like because you know again it's like you know we take everything for granted now with with the internet with streaming and social media and everything yeah. that like, you know what i mean it's almost like a click that yeah. like, you can pop off worldwide but back then you, yeah. you were doing like you know like you said patiently waiting in the studio for like 11 years you know you a studio right and then you got a track that connects and goes off how, how did you handle that pressure um at first, when it happened, when I when I, when when my record did what it did, when my first record did what it did, it felt like a dream come true. It felt like, wow, like God answered my prayers. You know, all these years of trying to write music, now finally people are starting to like this music. It felt like a dream come true. Man, looking, I'm just super grateful, man. Looking back, let my voice be heard because really, it's not easy, man. Like you said, I came out in an era where there was no Instagram. You know, I think Twitter was like a year old when Oleku came out, if I'm correct. Twitter is 2009. So I think it was like a year old when, when Oleku came out. So there wasn't a lot of the platforms that we have now to actually promote the music or let it be heard from, you know, all across the world. So we had to do a lot of, back then I remember it was a lot of groundwork. It was a lot of going to this radio station, going to that TV station. I mean, personally, it's not even an email thing. It's not even, it's not even a Zoom call. It's not a, none of that, you know, it was physically hustling and, you know, hustling in a city like Lagos is, is actually tough. I always say that if you can make it in Lagos, you can make it anywhere else in the world. Lagos is the most populated black city in the world. Literally, Lagos is the most populated city in Africa. So to make, to, to be heard in the city is actually, is actually a dream come true for, for anybody. That virtue of patience, that hustle, and that determination to break. Do you still yeah. have that today? Is it still with you today? 100%. I just dropped a new record. <laughs> I ain't sleeping. Send text. <laughs> no, for real. Like, really, man. Like, music, music for me is only the only thing I know how to do. I only know how to make music. You know, you put me in a bank right now. I'm going to mess up the numbers. You put me in a workshop. Your car is not going to be working the next day. 
the only thing I know how to do is music, you know? Right. So I'm always going to make that music. And like I said, my favorite song by Pac is Until the End of Time. And that's that's my motto for my music. It's Until the End of Time, I'm going to be, you know, making music. And I want to make music that will outlive me even when I'm not here. Like, people can still relate to it, you know? Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, nothing. No tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. When you were coming through, you know, and, and again, you know, I used to see a name on name posters out here all the time in the streets and everything. What, what, what were some what? of the biggest challenges, like, when you were coming through? You know, because the scene's different now. The UK scene's different. Mm-hmm. The, the scene in Nigeria is different. But as an artist, you know, you, you, you had to go hard. You had to do the, go through the struggle and you had to climb your own mountain. But what would you say is the yeah. biggest challenge as an artist coming out of Nigeria? Um... The biggest challenge would be, to be honest with you, man, I'm thinking about the biggest challenge as of today. And I see that there's very, the only challenge that any artist has is their self right now. Only you can stop yourself. Only I can stop myself, you know? Obviously, back then when I was coming up, you know, there were challenges like being accepted. We had the challenges of being heard, you know, we used to, it was hard for our music to get on radio. I remember Ole Cool was one of the first Afrobeat songs to be played instead on one of the biggest radio stations in the UK. And at the time, it wasn't an everyday thing. It wasn't something that we were used to, you know? But looking at it now, I think it's a little bit easier now. And the only challenge that I might think about is itself. Like, you're your only, you are your only, you know how they say you are your only competition? That's how I see it these days. Like, you are your only challenge, really and truly. Like, you can do whatever you want to do. I just watched my boys win the Grammy Award, like, a few days ago. You know, like, I literally came up with this guy. So, I feel like there's nothing impossible. I don't even like to look at any anything like a challenge or there's no challenge in life. The only thing that can challenge you is you yourself. You know? By the way, big up to big up to Burner Boy and Whiskey on the, on the Grammy Award. That's really, really, like, amazing to see, you know? What yeah. a time to be alive. Crazy, right? Crazy, cray, cray, crazy. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, a celebration out here. So see, seeing Burner and Wiz pick up Grammys, you know, um, you know, Wiz Kid, he, he, he got, you know, he was on the track with Beyonce, the best video, and then um, Burner Boy, best global album. Like, huge, massive, crazy look. I mean, even if just one of them manages yeah. to do it, but two at the same time, yeah. that's got to be inspiring, Crazy. right? Very, 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 very inspiring. And the truth is, like, I just kept reminiscing of the days when we used to, like, dream of days like this, talk about the possibility of this even happening, you know? And, hey, a few years later, a couple years later, look where we are. These guys actually have this plaques in their cribs, you know? And... I'm not saying awards are everything, but you know it means a lot to to be recognized in that sort of light or in that sort of category. I remember when I won the BT Awards, 
you know, the Af Africa celebrated me massively because at the time, the BT Awards was not something that we're used to winning all the time. You know what I'm saying? Now it's like, okay, you know, it's just the BT Awards. But in 2013, I have the plaque here, by the way. Let me show you. <laughs> 2013, when I brought this back home, yo, it was like, oh. like a dream come true for Africa. And yeah. It feels good. It feels good. What a time to be alive, man. Big up Brother Boy. Big up Kid, Big up Tiwa Savage. Big up everybody. Big up all the African artists, you know, doing their bits to, you know, push the culture forward, man. Mm. So have you got that Grammy focus now? Hell yes! <laughs> Hell motherfucking yes! <laughs> no, for real, man. Like, I mean, I, I, not just me. I think every artist should, whether you're from Africa or from Nigeria or wherever you're from. You know, anything is possible. Like, anything can really, really happen. For real, for real, for real. Like, I believe 100%. Like, the confidence my guys gave to me with that win is undescribable. I can't even describe it really and truly. I feel like it's a big door that just opened, you know, for generations of artists to come. And it's amazing. You know, the Grammy is an amazing, an amazing night for, for Africa. Right, an amazing night for yeah. Afrobeats with an S. But for hip hop, slightly controversial. There was, you know, there's certain rappers that didn't get the recognition they should have got. Um, yeah, the yeah. The best rap album, Nas won with King's Disease. What's your perspective on that? I, I thought it was well deserved. You know, I thought it was well deserved. I was just surprised to know that, oh, that's Nas, that's Nas's first Grammy. Because, man, man, I've been listening to Nas. For as long as I can remember, I can't believe one mic didn't have a Grammy. You know what I'm saying? You know, but I think it was well deserved. I really, really enjoyed listening to that Nasus album. And I mean, with every year the Grammys, every award, every award show, not just the Grammy, every award have flags every year. They get flags every year. They get criticized every year. They, you know, but hey, they're also it's also human beings putting this thing together. It's also you know people, guys like you and I putting this together. And we're bound to errors were bound to mistake but it is what it is shout out to everybody who got recognized and to those who didn't get recognized maybe you should just take that as an extra push or extra ginger mm. is is there anyone that you feel should have been in the grammys this year like any rapper that you check for where you're like listen my guy my dog should have been in there is there anybody you think ice over prince them? ice <laughs> prince definitely man ice prince was stepped on man. <laughs> no man but i mean not really I mean, um, let's see what next year says. Let's see what next year holds. Let me not be quick to, you know, throw a stone at them yet. It was a good show this year. I enjoyed I enjoyed the show this year. I enjoyed Burner Boy's performance the most, actually. I thought Burner Boy had the best performance, you know, of all that I saw. But, yeah, if anybody should have been included in that award this year, maybe Ice Prince. But watch out. Next year, hopefully. Hopefully, God... In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray that next year your boy Ice gets a nomination. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for people who may not know, there's a massive, there's a massive hip hop scene across Africa, across different countries. Like South Africa's popping, in Ghana there's Whoa. a scene popping out there, Kenya there's a scene Crazy. starting to pop up. But you know, you you've done your thing. Like, who else should people know about? Like coming out of Nigeria because. You was actually in a group uh, as well, first of all, right? Yes, I was in a group. I was in a group. I've been in different groups all my life. I've been in a group called Echo Mock Squad. 
I was in the group called Chalk Boys, even though it was not necessarily a group, but you know, we were like a, like a clique with my brothers, M.I., Abaga, Jesse Jags, and Brian Mo, you know. But in terms of who to look out for at the moment, man, I'd say look out for a guy called Laddie Poe. I think Laddie Poe is absolutely amazing. Like, he, I, had a, I had a studio session with him a few days back, and man, the kind of bars my, my guy was sitting in the studio, I'm like, damn, you know? I think Laddie Poe is a very sick rapper that you know people should look out for. I mean, there's a there's a lot more, um, but I don't want to go on naming names and forgetting other people. And I see them tomorrow, like you didn't say my name on Subtext. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But just watch out, Nigerian music, Nigerian hip hop, Nigerian pop, Nigerian whatever it is. Like we're actually on fire. Also, Black Bones. Check out Black Bones. I think Black Bones is an amazing rapper. Y'all should watch out for. There's another kid called Dice Dice Ells. I said I wasn't going to mention names, but here I am because, you know, this one's getting me really excited. So, Wizkid, David, Vema, Alamade, Naira Mali, Bella Schmurder. Yo, yeah. crazy, crazy scene out there. There's a lot of dope artists coming through. Where, where do you fit 100. in with all of that? Because you, you were one of the first ones. You're, you're, you're the pioneer. Um, you, you kicked down the doors and opened it up for everybody else. But with this, the, you know, including the people that you mentioned, like, where do you fit in right now? Um, the truth is, I'm not even trying to fit in, you know? I, I don't want, I'm not trying to fit in. I'm just trying to remain that, that dude that always delivers quality. You know what I'm saying? Always delivers from the heart, you know? Our, our melodies and our sounds and our, even down to like our chord progressions that we use in our music is they're all truly, truly African. And I would like to never, ever lose the essence of where I came from. That's always going to be represented in my music. And I think I represent, I represent a generation of young Nigerians who, who really have the desire to showcase the cultures and the, the ways and lifestyle of our people through music, you know, and I intend to do that for the rest of my life. You know, it's not, I'm not trying to fit into a particular circle or a particular trend or a particular placement, you know, I just want to, to keep delivering the truth from my perspective, you know? Given your position and given what you've achieved and given that you was one of the first to come through, do you ever feel pressure on your shoulders? Like, do you, do you ever, do you ever like almost punish yourself to get to that standard, to keep up that reputation? Um, I wouldn't call it punishing myself. Maybe pushing myself is the word. And yes, I do push myself a lot. My team push me a lot. The people around me, my producers, my co-writers, you know, everybody around me pushes me a lot. But it's never no pressure. Because, like I said to you earlier, I'm a very patient person. I was brought up to know how to be patient, to know how to, I don't want to just say wait for God's time, but, you know, move according to my pace. So I've never been under whatever pressure to, to make a certain type of music or look a certain type of way or appeal to a certain type of people, you know? And it's been like that from the beginning of my career. Like, the first song I, that... that brought me out there which is only cool i told you earlier i never made that song with the intention of making money from it or being famous from it or getting girls from it 
I was just making a song. And luckily for me, it connected with the people. And that's how I am till today. Like I just make whatever comes to my head if it comes to the next. You know, my motto is do your best, live the rest, and on to the next. And that's what I, I'm still about, you know? So you're working with 300, right? Now 300, Yeah. I know the guys that run 300. and I, I know Leo Cohen, Kevin Lowes, he's, <laughs> he's a good friend of mine. Kevin Lowes, he actually put yeah. me on. He gave me one of my starts in, in the music what? industry in the UK. So, and for people who may not know, Kevin Lowes, um, Leo Cohen, they ran Def Jam for some of the most successful years. They, they signed in some of the biggest artists like Jay-Z, Ludacris, Ja Rule, Kanye West, like legends and more and more. Like I can't go through the history of Def Amazing. Jam right now. So Kevin Lyles and Leo Cohen, they run 300. It's one of the most successful companies right now. They also, you know, they, they look after Megan Thee Stallion and, and Migos and Young Thug. And they are working with you. That's a very, very yeah. big look for yourself. Like to tap into all of that expertise yeah. and years and history. And it's actually mad significant. I don't think people realize how significant it is that you're with 300. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it's... <laughs> I don't think they do either. <laughs> but, what, I mean, how like... How you up with them? First of all, first of all, it's an absolute, absolute dream come true to, you know, be working with Leo Cohen and Kevin Lyles. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a real student of the game. So I literally grew up knowing these names and knowing these people and knowing what they're about, you know. So how I hooked up with them was actually through one of my publicists. Her name is Ricky Davis. Like, I've been working with Ricky since I released Oleku. We've been on this. She's been on my team. So one day Ricky hit me up like, yo, I, you know, I met, I had this opportunity and I think you're the, you're the perfect person for it, you know. And she was talking about 300. And luckily for me at the time, Kevin and Leo were actually coming to Nigeria, you know, for a YouTube event. So when they came to Nigeria, I did get a chance to meet them in person with, you know, I guess they liked my, my vibe or the kind of person that they met. And by the time I went out to New York to actually meet with, with them and meet with the whole team, the relationship was already there. Like I could, you know, I could tell they, they welcomed me into that family and I felt welcome in that family. So it was easy for me to want to work with them. You know what I'm saying? And I heard so many good things from from everybody else that, you know, knows them. I don't know if you know Beehive, Brian Biggs from Rock Nation. You know, Beehive is one of my big dogs that I always talk to about stuff. And Beehive was like straight up, yo, Ice Kevin is a great dude. Kevin is a very good dude. Leo, that's my guy. You better sign that deal immediately. You know, and I'm the type that I like to listen to my OGs a lot. So I went ahead with a deal. And so far, so good. I'm very happy. Um, I'm glad. Big up to 300. Been doing amazing stuff. We're working on some some crazy, crazy music. They've had me locked in the studio for for a while now since we actually you know put this deal together. So in due time, the world should get some quality music from Icebreak. Some real quality stuff. Out of the world stuff. But yeah, I did hook up with, with 300 through Ricky Davis, my sister, my 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 best friend, <laughs> my G. Megan Thee Stallion, she just won a Grammy. 
Megan Thee Stallion mm -hmm. and Ice Prince. Is, is that, are we going to see that? Is that something that could happen? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hopefully, I think that, hopefully, I think that would be crazy. I could give her some crazy, you know, I could Afro beats vibe to her music. I think she needs that. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, everybody on the label that I've met so far has been very welcoming to me. They made me feel like family. So hopefully you get to hear some collaborations between me and some of the artists on, on, on 300. But regardless, I want to say this because I get this question a lot, actually. I get this question about are we going to see a Young Thug feature? Are we going to see a Megan Stallion feature? Really and truly, I think they they need that feature more than more than I do. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> I, 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 no, yo, I'm I'm not saying this to gas you up, but I I agree. I, I think I agree. <laughs> Sam, bro, bro, bro. <laughs> I fully co-sign that. I fully co-sign that audacity. I mean, co-sign that forward thinking because the truth is, it's a big place, and I think you know for years, an American rap artist would be huge worldwide. Right? Yeah. But for now it's like, yeah, you can be huge worldwide, but you could be huger. I know that's, that's huger. Yeah, huger. Yeah, yeah. And and the only way you're gonna be huger or bigger or do what Michael Jackson did is to work with artists from other continents and other countries. And yeah. I think someone who's done that very well is Drake. He's done it perfectly, especially what he's yeah. done with the UK. You know. Drake, Drake, Drake is doing that so perfectly well. And also Major Laser, I like to big up Major Laser. You know, they inspire me, you know, in terms of collaborations and stuff. I'm lucky to have had a, a record with them. I like your girl in particular with Jadena and Manastasi and Pato Rankin. And that did a lot for me, you know, and for them too. So, yeah, these collaborations, I mean, like, it would be nice to, to, to get them done. But again, I'm the type of person that I really walk based on vibe and based on energy i'm not i don't make music thinking oh I'm, if i get a verse from this person it's gonna be this way no not at all you know i make music based off of energy based off of vibe so if we link up and we have a good vibe we'll make magic and i was gonna tell you a story there's a record that i have with french montana called i swear from my second album and when i linked up with french it wasn't it wasn't a situation where it was like i, I oh I'm, I'm trying to get a feature i'm trying to get a verse now nah. It was a straight up good vibe. And in fact, French booked the studio session in New York, brought me out to Manhattan, and we recorded at the Diddy House. We recorded our record at the Diddy House, and I didn't even pay for no studio session. Like, French took care of everything. You know what I'm saying? So that's the kind of relationships, that's the kind of collaborations that I like. You know, if the energy, I'm not saying I want them to pay for my studio session or whatever, but I'm saying, like, if we have good chemistry and if we have good energy or mutual respect for each other, then we can always make magic. French Montana is a real one. Like he- 100, he, 100%, 100%. You know, he, and, and it's like, he's someone that, if, if you connect with him and he messes with you, it's, that's a friendship. Like it's, yeah. it's not like a fake, it's not like a fake artist friendship you know like it's a very very real it, friendship like, it's not and it's, it's not and to be honest man big up the mind man you know once in a while he'll send you a, he send you send me a text and be like yo my g hope you're good good looking out you know what i'm saying like we, i'm not saying we don't speak every day we don't we don't even speak yeah, every yeah. year but i mean he reaches yeah. out once in a while to say just just let me know like yo bro i see you you know and that's 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 that's, that's i love that i, I respect that you know
Hey, a big up. Let me big up your mind right now. Big up Geeks too. Big up Geeks too. I had a little, I had a little chat with Geeks the other day. You know, it made me feel good. Like you know, Geeks a real one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Who else are you feeling from the UK right now? Because you know, it's, it's very different from when you was coming over back in the day, right? Man, I, I love Pasaliu, man. Like the energy I see from Pasaliu is something else. Like something else, something else, something else. And I like Ambush. I like Ambush. I like Ambush. I got I got hooked to Ambush when I was actually on tour in Europe. I, th I think that's when he did the Jumpy remix with Chip and Skepta. And literally, that was like, that was like my tour, my, my whole Europe tour anthem. Every time we're on the road, me and my guys, that was what we're bumping. And I like the new record with Gigs too, you know, like um, No Mass on Sunday or something like that. But I mean, like, there's so many other um, UK, I mean, artists that I'm really, really into. But Pasali and Ambush, I feel like... A record with them right now. That's a, that's a kind of that's a collab that I would like to actually reach out for, even though I don't I don't I don't, I don't know them personally, but I can reach out to them for that kind of collab. You know, I like the energy, I like the sound that they bring. Obviously, you know, the man them Skepta are forever kings. You know, Chip is forever king. Chip gave me a very dope feature. You know, early in my career on my second album, and Crepton Corner. Shout out to Crepton Corner, and they gave me a very good feature as well on my third album. So, I mean, the UK has always been, like, <laughs> I smile when I think about London, and I smile when I think about, like, Manchester or Leicester, I but I have a whole smile on my face. So, Drake got the blueprint from you? Uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> those, those international collabs, you were ahead of the curve, bro. Man, man. I love to collaborate. I love to, you know, share ideas with people. There's no, you know, no man is an island. You can't know it all. Like, it's always good to, you know, ask or, you know, join heads. Two is better than one. And so is three, so is four, so is five. <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> hey, tell me about a new joint, Colo. Yes, Colo, that's my new one. And if matter of fact, I was just watching it on TV, right? I just, it just came off of TV right now. But that's the new record featuring Oxlade, and it's out right now. I'm excited about it. My my fans are excited about it. You know, I've been getting a very good positive response about it. I see I see the girls twerking on Instagram to it. So um, the numbers are going up. I appreciate God, man. It's a song that we put together towards the end of last year, obviously during the pandemic. You know, while the pandemic was still on, and me and Oxley just literally had good energy, good vibe. Like, he's a fan of my music. He's always, you know, OG and OG and OG and me, trying to make me look old, trying to make me feel old. <laughs> Man, I hate that OG name. I hate that OG name. I hate being called King. I hate being called OG. And there's another one that we say out here, Baba. I would say Baba. That's like senior. <laughs> hey, but but I mean, like, it's better than Uncle. <laughs> yeah. Someone ain't <laughs> call me Unc. Someone ain't <laughs> call me Unc Ice. I'm like, bruh. I yeah, was speaking to Gex on a previous episode, and he was like, yeah, I don't like being called a veteran, you know, because he feels like he's like, like a black kind of compliment. <laughs> bro, bro, I hate, I, oh, man, bruh. 
I was at a video shoot the other day and this guy brought his girl and she was like, babe, say hi to Baba. I'm like, my name is not Baba, baby. My name is Ice. <laughs> 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 I mean, well, I mean, again, it's out of love, you know, because if people don't love you, they won't even respect you in the first place. Out of love is out of respect. And I understand it. And I truly appreciate the fact that some of my, my, my youngins coming up have that love and have that respect for me. You know, and Oxlade is one of those people that is always quick to show me that. He told me a story recently. I mean, he wrote something on his Instagram recently where he said he grew up miming, you know, Ole Cool, that's my song, in high school to actually being in the studio and putting out a record with me, What a Dream Come True. And that really touched me deep. It really made me feel very special, made me feel loved, made me feel respected. And... As much as he's a fan of me, I'm also a fan of him. Like one of the kids killing it right now. His music is absolutely insane. Out of this world insane. And I was happy to put that record together with him. Me and him have actually like about four to five songs recorded right now. But for the moment, the one. No, 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 no. How many? Like four to five. Wow. Like we have like an EP basically. Like it's not an EP, but yeah, we've been working. Like me and him have been recording. But Kolo is one of those songs that even amongst our, our team, whenever we play that song, we always want to play it again and again and again and again and again. You know, so we just thought it was only right that we give it out to the people now. What does Kolo actually mean for people who may not know? Okay, Kolo, Kolo means crazy. It means like insane. It means like mad. And I'm talking about love in the song. So it's basically about a girl who drives me crazy, a girl who drives me mad. And really and truly, you know, this pandemic had had everybody sitting at home, not doing much. So I had a lot of time to be texting these girls, chatting these girls up. <laughs> and I got trapped by one. I got trapped by one that, you know, had me thinking a lot, thinking about how I can make her feel good, how I can, you know, buy expensive stuff. I just felt like I was going crazy over this girl. And hey, here's a hook that talks about my situation in, in real life. So it was easy for me to write to that and, you know, express myself on that one like that. That's dope, man. All right, so 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 what happens next? Are we gonna get a mixtape? we get an album? Like what, what Yo. 2021 looks like for Ice Prince? Yo, 2021, like we're up to, we're about to put out an EP um, and, and, and an album. My fourth studio album is called Fire and Ice. And I promise you, Semtex, if you ever heard any of my albums, this is this is better than every other thing I've written before, every other thing I've put in, I've put out before. Um, it's been five years in the making of, of this album, so I've had a lot of time to you know put my topics and put my ideas together, and it's going to be amazing. The EP is called "To Be Continued," and we intend to drop the EP before the album, and that's why the EP is called "To Be Continued." You know. The EP is just a teaser to the album to let people know that, okay, I used to about to come with this type of flavor or that type of flavor. Even though I don't, I don't want to tell you what to expect from it, you know? Just expect greatness, you know? I'm a man of classics. I'm a man of timeless music. And I promise some more timelessness on, on this project I'm about to drop. You seem content. You seem comfortable with where you are. Like, you've done a lot of things, you've achieved a lot of things, and you're incredibly calm. Like, you've got that look, like, you know what's coming. Like, you, you know what I mean? It's like... It, 100. It, yo, it's dope to see you in such a great place, seriously. 
I wouldn't say I'm content. Obviously, I have dreams. I have bigger dreams than where I'm right now. I can't tell you that I've made it yet or I've made it to my peak or I've made it to where I dream of making it to. You know what I'm saying? Like I intend to do more with my music than what I've done so far. So I'm not content with what I have. But when I, I say, when I say all right, when I say content, I mean at this very, very moment in time, it's like you're at the eve of the next chapter and you've got that, you've got that, that, that nonchalant confidence, <laughs> you've got that, you know what I mean? It's like you're not panicking. You're you're good. You're like no, nah, it's coming. Nah, nah. You know what I mean? Nah, nah, nah. No panic on this side. Never panic. You know, I've always been. I've always been this way. Actually, I've always just been a chilled guy. My name is Ice. I can be nothing more but chilled. <laughs> you know. I hear, I hear that. I hear that. Yeah. But listen, man. It's been good to talk. No doubt, we're gonna do this again as well. So, man. Like, text. It's let me let me say it's been an honor talking to you, man. Like you know, you're such a not to not to make you feel old, but you're such a legend, boss. You're such a legend. You're such a legend. And God bless you for what you do for I want to say music generally, but I want to use my people as a point of contact for what you do for Afrobeats, for what you do for you know our people. We see you, we love you. May God keep you for us. We're waiting for the day when you actually come out here and spend like a, <laughs> a week or two or a month or a year or two, you know, and let's actually africanize you 100 <laughs>